0: Well, Chris has already uh, told you a few of the reasons of why uh, people get baptised. Maybe it's the first time you saw someone get baptised in this way today. You're like, What was that about? Why did they do that? Or maybe uh, you've seen this thing happen loads of times. So many times, in fact, that even as you find the story thrilling, the kind of actual, the the, the wonder of baptism itself, the moment of going into the water and coming out, perhaps that, that wonder isn't quite as bright as it could be. You're mostly like, I hope they bring them up again. And and actually, there's something much more important happening at that moment, as important as it is that we do actually bring people back up again. So our current preaching series is looking at Jesus' last words to his followers in Matthew's Gospel. We call this the Great Commission. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptising them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Baptism was so important to Jesus that he included it in this very short list of commands. There's not a whole load of things happening here that we need to do. They're important things, there are deep things, but there's not a lot of them, but baptism's on there. And we want to look today at why he included it. And we'll take a little journey to get there. I don't know if you ever uh, get your news um, from websites, like I suppose most people do. And uh, you'll see most news websites at the top of the page, they'll have like menu headings of like key areas that they expect people are going to want to just kind of click on straight away to find out about those kind of things, you know, big areas. So uh, like, you know, UK news, world news, business news, sport news, that kind of thing. And one of the ways you can tell if something really big is happening is that it becomes one of those menu headings all by itself. That's a very special event when not only are those regular things, but they put something else up there as well. The BBC's website recently had five of these at once. It had the death of the Queen, the cost of living crisis, the war in Ukraine, coronavirus and climate crisis all at once. Now, this is partly how news organizations get your attention. They're like, big things are happening. You need to come to our website and read all about it. But the other reason they put those up there is because those are big news. If you go for another way for your news, you're just like, I'm just going to, you know, let's just scroll through it. See these things that are trending at the moment to see what's going on. Those same things will be, should be up there trending because they're really important. Everyone's talking about them. You're like, I'm just scrolling through. I just want to see some cute cats. But all I'm getting is like these massive, terrible events feels like there's been so many of these recently. Each one of them feels like a storm. And when you just keep having one after the other after the other, it's like storm after storm after storm. And actually one storm, often what happens in, in, in natural weather is that one storm generates other storms, and that then generates other storms, and those storms get worse. And you can trace some of those things in what's going on in the news at the moment. You're like, this is just getting worse and worse and worse, and these storms are just, are just they're swelling up, the waves are surging, and the water is rising, and we are in it. Oh, to be safe from these overwhelming waters. We need to imagine three scenes with me. They're going to help us hopefully understand and appreciate baptism and find true hope in the storms of this life. Scene one, it's dark. It's beyond dark, it's actually before dark. There is nothing to see and nothing but waters. Chaotic, empty, lifeless water, an abyss. Scene two the rains have been falling for weeks and the waters are rising. Nothing is dry. And almost nowhere is safe. The earth is disappearing and all life with it. Scene three. The chasing army is closing in by the hour and their intended victims have nowhere left to turn. The sea is before them. Their enemies are behind them. Only a miracle can save them from certain death. In each one of these scenes, everything suddenly changes. In the first, light appears, and then land, and then life on that land, and that land becomes a home. In the second, even as the waters fall and rise, there is one place of safety, one place, a boat that is protected from all the threat without. And to be in that boat is to be safe. And in the third, even as the people hear the rumbling of the army coming towards them, they start to hear another sound and it's the wind blowing. And the wind starts to blow and the sea waters start to separate and a way of escape is made. These are, as you may know, three of the most famous scenes in the Bible, and three of its most famous events and most startling images, creation, the flood, and the exodus. And they are meant to make us think, how did that happen? How did that happen? And the answer to all of them is that God kept his people safe. He rescued them. Through the waters. So in the creation account, we're immediately told following the description of the dark water. We're told there's, there's, the, there's just darkness over the deep. And then we said, immediately next, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he brings order to chaos. And he continues to do this until there are people living in fruitful happiness on the earth with him. So he takes us from that situation to this other situation. And that creating word. We hear when God said, let there be light, we're told later that that creating word is Jesus himself. And Jesus has now come to save us. He is the one who can bring life to lifeless situations and light to all who are in darkness. It's such a total change what Jesus does to someone's life that he calls it a new birth and the Bible even calls it a new creation. So from chaos and darkness to light and life. Tilly and Sam needed this to happen to them. They needed God to speak life and light into his life. And in his loving mercy, that is what he did. And so no longer is there dark, chaotic water. Instead, God is creating a new thing in them and is bringing that life to them and to others through them as well. Then there's the flood of God's judgment and the ark of his mercy. So to rebel against the giver of life is to bring death upon oneself. And yet, in his loving kindness, God provides one way by which people may be saved. In Noah's day, there was one place you could go where you could be certain of escaping the dreadful consequences of what you'd done. No matter how much it rained, no matter how awful it was elsewhere, if you were in the ark, you were safe. In our day, it's not a place. It's a person. It's Jesus. So again, Till your sound. they needed their lives to be changed. They needed rescuing. Like all of us, we need rescuing. And so God sent his beloved son, Jesus, to do this. And Jesus has endured the horror of death on the cross and the fury of God's righteous judgment raining down on him, despite him being the only utterly innocent one one who ever lived. He laid his life down all the way to the grave. But the grave couldn't hold him. It couldn't hold him down. The waters couldn't keep him down. He rose out of death to new eternal life. And this was a life not just for himself, but for any who would put their trust in him. Peter says that the story of the flood and the ark corresponds to baptism. What Chris read to us from Romans 6 makes that connection plain. Paul says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus, that we've come into him, were baptised into his death. We were therefore buried with him. By baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. So if you believe in Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, that's just not, a, not just a new thing that you are doing. Something happens to you. In fact, many things happen to you at that point. And one of the things that happens to you at that point is that you become part of Jesus. The Bible says you are in him now. In the way that Noah was in the ark and he was safe, every Christian who believes in Jesus is in Christ and are therefore safe. And because believing in Jesus unites you to him, it brings you in him, you're more profoundly in him than Noah was in the ark. What's true of him becomes true of you. And So that's what Paul says. Paul says, well, Jesus died, so you've died. And pretty much all of us here are like, I don't think I have. Paul said, no, you have. A spiritual reality has changed whereby you are in Christ and Christ died and you died. And Christ was raised to new life. And so you are being raised to new life. And Jesus has the Father's love and favour. And so anyone who is in Christ has the Father's love and favour. To run from the storms of this life to Jesus is to be eternally safe. Not necessarily safe from the impact of everything that's going on around us. But far, far more importantly, to be in the love of God, which is never, ever going to end. And then that third picture, the Exodus. God's people had been enslaved and they had been oppressed to death by the Egyptians. And so God had set them free. He set them free and they started to leave the land and they'd made it as far as the coast. And then the Egyptians start to chase them again. Now they're thinking, where do we go? They can't go forwards. There's water there, and the water's too mighty. It's not like a small stream. Maybe you'll be able to cross it. It's nothing like that. It is the sea. It is a wall. So they can't go forwards. They can't go backwards. The most powerful army on earth is chasing them down. Have have you ever felt trapped like that? you ever felt like, wherever I turn, just nothing good is going to happen. I don't know how the situation changes. I don't know how I find any hope. All I seem to have... Is terrible options. Well, here, God's people found themselves literally between the devil and the deep blue sea. What did God do? He opened up the waters. And he made a dry path for them to escape through. And when their enemies stepped into that path, he brought the waters crashing down them. Now, the New Testament tells us not really to identify specific people as enemies like Egypt, but far greater forces. It talks about sin and death being our great enemies. These are powers that we cannot set ourselves free from. I don't know if you've ever tried Like, I will make resolutions. I will ask people to help me. I'll do all my best to not do that awful thing or those awful things that I've done so many times before. And sooner or later, you go back to it again. Because sin has a power over your life. You can't escape this enemy by yourself. I'm not even going to ask if you try to avoid death because you know, you know it's coming. We even start to feel the degradations of it now as our our bodies kind of fail or, or, or get worse. That's because death is coming. And we can see the people now, like, oh, I've got a lot of money. And so we're going to spend this. We're going to research how not to die. You're going to die. They're going to die because you cannot escape this. How could we get to a place where we can be free from these terrible things? How could we be set free from sin and death? These things are so much more powerful than us. How could we brought from those, be brought from those things and into a relationship with God? So not just escaping from bad things, but being brought into good things. How could that happen? One way, literally, for Jesus to make that way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I'm going to take you out of this place of slavery and entrapment. I'm going to make a miraculous way through my body and you are going to come through it and you are going to be in then the promised land. You're going to be with God. And so just as Israel passed through the Red Sea into God's promised freedom, which Paul actually describes as a baptism in 1 Corinthians 10, so we pass through the waters of baptism. Sin and death have no power over us anymore. Some influence, yeah, maybe. But sin has lost its power. For Christians, sin no longer gets to set the terms. And sure, death is going to come and take us, probably. But it is no longer an enemy to be feared, but the path that is going to take us closer to Jesus than ever before, because Jesus has triumphed over the grave. And so, where, oh, death is your sting. Where, oh, sin is your victory. And then when Jesus returns to make all things new, we will be a renewed creation with him in which all the storms of horror and terror and hopelessness and misery will have been banished and set away from where those who belong to God are. So we will live with God and all his people in joy and love and flourishing forever. God spoke a word in creation. He provided a place of safety and he made a way for his people out of slavery and into freedom, true freedom, being with him. So why did Jesus tell his first followers to baptize people? Well, part of what's happening is that baptism is a retelling of what has happened to them, which, is, which was prefigured in these stories. So they, Tilly and Sam, anyone else who's put their faith in Jesus and has got baptized, is a new creation, you're different now to what you were. Out of, from darkness and chaos, God has changed everything. They've been kept safe from judgment. Rather than having to deal with things by themselves, they are in Jesus. Absolutely safe. And they've been set free from slavery. They'd seen their enemies defeated and they've been brought into a promised new life. All of those things involve passing through waters. and All of those things are represented in baptism. God has done this for them. And that's why he doesn't just say, Jesus doesn't just say, oh, baptize them. He says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is a symbol of what God has done for them. And it is their identification with God in his saving work, in his lordship, in his life. So Tilly and Sam have told us today, I belong to Jesus. That's what anyone who puts their faith in Jesus does. And I belong to him now. I'm his now. I'm united with him. So Jesus told his first followers to baptize people, and we know that they obeyed him. So in the book of Acts, there's at least nine mentions of people being baptized. People hear the good news, they can be made new creations, they can be safe from judgment, they can be brought through into new life and freedom from slavery to all their fears and all the power that's had control over their life, and so they get baptised. So that's people obeying Jesus by getting baptised, it's also people obeying Jesus by baptising people. And so that's then when this speaks to those of us who are believers in Jesus already, who have had such a wonderful time to witness baptisms today and other times. And it says, but this is, there's more on you than this. Because what baptism is about, this wonderful, loving, powerful rescue, that's what we want God to do for people. We've experienced this for ourselves. We want him to do that for other people. Wouldn't it be wonderful to to know the peace and the love that uh, Tilly and Sam have described? Wouldn't it be wonderful for other people to know that? Wouldn't it be wonderful to to become a new creation, to be kept safe, to be brought through into into freedom? That would be wonderful for other people. Jesus says it is wonderful. So, therefore, go and tell them. The, The picture's... These pictures we've looked at today remind us of just how high the stakes are. is isn't, I was looking for a holiday destination, or I just wanted to add something new and interesting to my life, or anything like this. These, these, these are life and death stakes. It's how significant and important it is. And people's lives, like news websites, can have many, many areas of focus. But ultimately, there is only one that matters. We want people to experience the mercy and grace of God, and they need to. This can only happen through Jesus, and he chooses to involve us in sharing this with them. And baptism should remind those of us who are followers of Jesus already of the ultimacy and the urgency of this. It isn't just a nice thing. It is a life and death thing. So the baptism we saw today there were two people in the tank with each of them? Because basically that's about as many as we can fit in there. It's not that big at the best of times. But the number of people involved in someone getting baptised tends to be more than two. tends to be loads. People who spoke to someone about Jesus, people who demonstrated what following Jesus looks like, people who showed his love to them. Parents and family and friends and kids workers and youth workers and other people in the church family. So we don't have a tank big enough. We're not going to have a tank big enough to put them all in. But if we could, that would be totally appropriate. Even if someone gets baptised, they're getting baptised into the church and the church is saying, we've been part of this new birth for you. So whose baptisms have you been involved with? I'm not sure I've ever been in a tank with someone. Well, okay, but you maybe have been involved with some people. Even maybe some people who got baptized and you don't even know about it, and you discover years later that they do. Are there people who you have shared God's love with? However, perhaps not great, you thought a job you did of it, but you told them something about Jesus? Are there people who you were able to demonstrate what it looked like? Uh, as Hannah was uh, sharing about actually following Jesus and and, and obeying him and what that looks like in work under great pressure at home when no one else is looking. and Someone else saw that and it resonated for them. It told them something about the reality of the life you have in God and his his truthfulness. In that way, you may well have been a link in a chain of events and people that led to someone getting baptised. And that's a great privilege. And we should be expecting and believing that we're going to be involved in that day after day. Sometimes you might follow someone through quite a few of those stages. Sometimes you're like, well, I just spoke to them and then they went to another country or to another job or somewhere else. And I never spoke to them again. But I, you know. And that is good. But I just want to encourage you as we look at this series here at King's as being a great commission people. That... To be a great commission, people, is to get wet more often than we're used to. It's to believe God that actually we'll be there at the moment of new life. And at the moment where someone says, yeah, I need to do this. Now, if I'm going to obey Jesus, I need to do that. Okay, if this is true, I'm going to believe it. I need to obey Jesus. I'm going to get baptized. So we aren't going to build a bigger tank, but we want God to be using it. And we want to be, to be seeing people get in and you either like, be in the water with them, or you would be like, man, I was, I was definitely next in line. I was In on that, I was involved in that. So just to go back to how I started, there, were, there are many ideas at work in baptism. There's a lot going on. Chris described some of it earlier. We've described some more as we've looked at this. Maybe these three might be particularly powerful for us to think about today. Maybe if you just everything that's going on in the world uh, and how that's interacting with your own life or just what's going on in your own life, like I don't even have time for the news. Just, if you just saw my house, if you saw my life, if you saw my bank balance, if you saw my relationship, if you saw the storms that are going on, just feel like I'm be- we talk about, no, I'm barely keeping my head above water. Maybe you don't even feel that's happening. You need the hope that only Jesus can bring. The change of scene that only God can bring about. From darkness and chaos to light and life. You need safety amidst the turmoil. You need rescue from slavery and into freedom. We can feel that. I barely keep my head out of water. No, 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 I'm gone. gone, and as we feel ourselves sinking under these waters, suddenly a scarred hand reaches out for us and grabs us and brings us up and out and through. That's what Jesus wants to do for you. That's what Jesus is offering you. Open hand that is so strong, so loving, he can pull you through the water and into his new life. Will you take it? Will you take it? Will you take hold of what he offers you? Will you respond to him today? Will you put your trust in him rather than anything else, including yourself? Will you give your life to him and get ready to go through the waters of baptism yourself? We're going to sing a final song. The band, come up. And for those of you who are baptized, you've, you've done this, you've believed God, it's a chance just to reiterate that and to be reminded afresh of what God has done and how you want to involve other pe- be involved in other people knowing this. And just if you are visiting us today, you've just never put your faith in Jesus. This is a moment. We're going to sing this song. It's a moment for you to think this through. Your life felt dark and chaotic and you need, you need things to be made new. Do you feel like I, you need to be safe? You're like, I've got no defense only someone would keep me safe? Do you feel like you need a way out? Jesus is that way. Jesus is offering that to you today. So as we stand, if we're able to stand, we sing this song. It's an opportunity for you to make that decision.